Sunday Middle Church. Um, I'm Reverend Natalie. I'm your uh, minister for worship and online community. My pronouns are she, her, and we are so glad that you've chosen to come and worship with us this Sunday. Thank you for coming. Um, a couple of announcements. Um, one, Christina is here. Yay! Hi, girl! Um, we haven't seen Christina in a while, and we are so glad to be able to celebrate her, her new role, which I'm sure she'll tell you about, and hear her preach this morning. Um, also, there is a picnic next Sunday in Stuyvesant Park, right across the street. Um, BYO, anything you want to share. Um, so yeah, join us right after worship next Sunday, and the online version is that following Wednesday, I think the 17th. You can get all the information about this stuff on our website, so check there. And lastly, it is August. Happy August. Um, are there any August birthdays? If you are a August birthday, if your birthday is in August, please stand up. Please write in the chat. Um, we want to know so that we can celebrate you and sing a little Stevie Wonder's happy birthday. Take it away, John. And in honor of the August birthdays, would you join us in a little Stevie Wonder? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. to join us in our opening hymn. Oh, <laughs> 
Good morning, family. Blessings to you. Good morning. And now this is a time where we get ourselves ready for prayers of the people, but we want to remind you of a few things today. Christina, due to real challenges with flights, is not with us in person, but hello online family as well. But she will be with us online as she reads scripture and delivers the word today, the sermon. So we're excited to hear from her during Chat and Chew. So remember to join us during Chat and Chew. She will definitely be there to talk and to connect with you. Also, we remind you about the lights today. We are limited in terms of that ability to turn on and off lights. So the lights will remain up as we watch Christine virtually. So bear with us as we are moving forward. And now please let us be in a place of prayer and connection. Holy One, this is the day that you have made, so let us rejoice and be glad in it. Something, something that is in us cannot settle. In our faith in action, we must act boldly, confidently, with justice and mindfulness that you move us to be better, to grow better, to be better beloved community. Oh God, we see so much restlessness in the world, but somehow you remind us that faith without, oh my goodness, faith without works is dead. How can we stay alive? How can we be alive as community? Give us faith for this day. Give us hope for this day and let us be love in the world. Amen and amen. And now, family, we ask you to reflect on the Lord's Prayer. Say it in the way that you know well in the language and the expression that you connect to. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and deliver us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign, Please offer each other the peace that passes all understanding safely, lovingly. The peace of God be with you. Amen.
You know a dream is like a river, ever changing as it flows. And the dream is just a vessel that must follow where it goes. Trying to learn from what's behind you, never knowing what's in store. It makes each day a constant battle just to stay between the shore. And I will sail my vessel till the river runs dry like a bird upon the wind. These waters are my sky. I'll never reach my destination. If I never try, I will sail my vessel till the river runs dry. We put off till tomorrow has now become today. So don't you sit up on the shoreline and say you're satisfied. Choose to chance the rapids and dare to dance the tide. Yes, I will sail my vessel till the river runs dry like a bird. These waters are my sky, I'll never reach my destination. If I never try, oh, I will sail my vessel till the river runs dry. There's bound to be rough waters, and I know I'll take some falls. But with the good Lord as my captain, I will make it through the mud. reading from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, 1 through 3, and verses 8 through 16. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith, we understand 
that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive an inheritance. And he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land that had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Jacob and Isaac, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, he received the power of procreation, even though he was too old and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without, without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land they had left behind, they would have had the opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed be, to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. To God. Amen. Middle Church, it is delicious to say your name. Hmm. I so wish I could be in the room where it happens this morning in the East Village of New York City. And unfortunately, I have had multiple flight cancellations because of the thunderstorms. But we will worship and worship well in all of the sanctuaries you have created this morning. In today's scripture, Abraham was called to set out for a place, not knowing where he was going. Abraham's story in Hebrews is our story. We are all called to set out for a place, not knowing where we are going. The last time I worshiped with you in person was November of 2019. At that time, I felt called to set out for a place where I did not know where I was going. My father, who is beloved to me, 
had been told hospice was the best option after a six-year battle with cancer. And I felt called to leave New York City, which had been home for 15 years, and leave my job at Middle Church, where I was the director of communications for nine years, and go and be with my dad and his final months. I like to believe I have a strong faith, (laughs) but life has a way of continually inviting us to set out to places where our fears reside and face those fears. At the time, the thought of my father dying and separation from him in an embodied form was my greatest fear. I can remember sitting up in my parents' guest room and praying to God, could you just not take this one? I wasn't sure how I was going to live without the one person who believed in me the most. I understand that many of us have very complicated relationships with our earthly parents. And I observed my dad to be a humble, caring, and generous soul. My father had a favorite line of poetry that I heard numerous times growing up, but I am not quite sure where to find this beloved poem of his in the library behind me that is his library. But that poem was so repeated that the gist of it remains clearly on my heart. It said something like, You will come to the Red Sea, And God won't always allow you to go around the Red Sea. God will not always allow you to go over the Red Sea. God will not allow you to go under the Red Sea. But God will see you through that Red Sea. God will make a way. And in those final months of my dad's life, I kept asking God, How, God, are you going to part this Red Sea? (laughs) How am I going to get through this? God does not stop the death of our loved ones. God doesn't stop the death of our lives. These are parts of living. But God gives us friends to see us through waters that we don't know will calm. God gives us God's presence when we don't know if the waters will part. 
Last summer and fall, I had the honor of taking a class that was the best experience of my seminary studies. It was called Clinical Pastoral Education. It's basically a boot camp for pastoral care. And often this course, which is experimental education, hands-on, takes place in trauma hospitals. But last summer, I did my clinical pastoral education in a rural southwestern Michigan church where my parents have been members for decades. And while I was in clinical pastoral education, I had the opportunity to write and give my father's eulogy and to write and offer one of his best friends eulogies who died just last summer. What we learned in this boot camp for pastoral care is that we as humans want to fix everything. I want to fix everything. And we want the pain to go away. However, sometimes listening and being with one another's pain is the most powerful thing we can do. Sometimes being present and saying nothing is the best thing. Sometimes the greatest gift we give to one another is simply to be there for one another and to remind each other that God is present. In their trials, in our trials, God may not fix or change them, but God's presence is here. Now, in New York City, <laughs> that might not be an acceptable answer. And it might not be an acceptable answer in southwestern Michigan either. It is human that we want action. We want change. And not just any change, the change that we envision. I turn my attention back to the scripture back to Abraham. Abraham's story in this passage is everyone's story. Abraham's story in Hebrews today is what Joseph Campbell calls the hero's journey. Joseph Campbell was a professor at Sarah Lawrence College, just north of New York City. And Joseph Campbell studied all the world's religions and he researched cultures and great literature and great film. And he came to the conclusion that all the stories are one story, the hero's journey. And each person, each of us, each of you, has a call and calls on their life. We are all called to separate from what we know. And when we hear the voice of God, we usually resist it like Moses did. Not me, God. Not me. And then after a while, many heroes follow the call. But it is a choice. And once you say yes to the call, there are obstacles. There are dragons that appear in the path. And each of those dragons are our fears. And in the process of slaying each dragon, we face the fear 
and we become more of who we are. And upon saying yes to this journey, doors open that were not there before, and helpers emerge for us to get through. Now, on this journey, we face the dragons, we go through the series of fears, and then we return home different than when we came. And a part of the hero's journey is to tell the story of where we've been to others. So others are comforted and encouraged as they hear the calls on their life and claim the courage to follow their call, not always knowing where they are going. And the hero's journey, this happens again and again and again. Called to be an actor, called to write an album, called to plant a blueberry farm, called to be a parent, called to be a caregiver to a parent, called to create, called to write, called to depart to a place you have not been, called to find your voice on a topic that you have not spoken about before publicly, called called to work for voting rights and Black Lives Matter, called to work for reproductive rights. And Abraham is reminded before he sets out that the faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. And in this text, in Hebrews, it lists that all that the ancestors did by faith. So after the part that I read today, the next part lists all that the ancestors have done by faith. It says, by faith, people passed through the Red Sea. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for months after he was born. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. And it is important to journal and reflect, think and pray, and name and claim how faith has gotten you through and how faith has gotten your ancestors through. Because staying where we are and resisting God's call on our lives is extremely human and always tempting. But to say yes now, sometimes we have to look back at what our ancestors had the strength to do. Sometimes we have to look back at the faith that got us through earlier in our lives and claim those and name those so we can take the first step now. Now, I was called to ministry as a teenager. I could hear God calling me into this for some time. Next week, I will have my 45th birthday. We don't say yes 
to all of our calls right away. (laughs) When I was a teenager, I witnessed what I called the hypocritical acts of the church, where the United Methodist Church was unwelcoming and would not ordain gay clergy. And when I felt called to speak up and organize for my gay siblings, I found myself in a bitter political fight that I could have not anticipated when I was 17 years old. The dragons seemed too big, and my body did not know how to navigate the conflict and the trauma that the church sometimes inflicts. After college, I followed my callings to work at a public radio program in Ukiah, California, of all places. And then I came to New York City for graduate school in journalism. And in 2011, the Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis invited me either to join the board of Middle Church or join the staff. I worked at Middle Church as the director of communications for nine years. And people would ask me, why don't you go to seminary? And I would say, I think, I think I'll go when I'm 40. As my father's health declined and as my 40th birthday was on the horizon, I applied to seminary. And I graduated this June. <laughs> and within days of my graduation, my mom's church asked me if I would be their pastor. A door opened I had not anticipated to a United Methodist Church, a place I called home as a child. The life of faith is not for the faint of heart, as my mentor Giovanna reminds me often. And the life of faith is not the advertised life. Abraham is a person living in tents. An itinerant life, he does not own an apartment in New York City, nor does he even rent one. His God is not the God of money or status, position or power. He is seeking a foundation that is built by God. Hmm. And God appears to Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. And when God appears to Abraham and Sarah, they are in their elderhood. And an angel appears to Hagar after Abraham and Sarah have sent Hagar and their son away and banished them. Abraham and Sarah didn't want anything to do with Hagar. Now, when I think of Abraham and Sarah and Hagar in Genesis, they thought they had taken their journeys already. They believe they are done and they are near death. They are ready to die. And God says to each of them, I am not through with you yet. God says, you, you, you will create more. 
You will bear children more innumerable than the grains of sand on the seashore, the children of Hagar and Sarah and Abraham. Go on to be the founders of Christianity, of Judaism, of Islam. But Abraham and Sarah and Hagar don't live to see how God will fulfill God's promises. They have to follow their call, knowing that they will die before they know how the rest of the story is written. God says, I am never done with you. I will always be with you. And I will continue this story after you become an ancestor. Now the homelands that we are seeking are not made of 401k plans and they're not made of any homes of any kind of status. The homelands that we are seeking is a place of God's visioning. This homeland is a place that we seek to live in now, not one day, long in the future, and not one day in heaven. In much of the world, the lectionary readings that the world has been reading this past month is from the Gospel of Luke. And in Luke, Luke tells the story of a homeland where there is a good Samaritan a neighbor to help out another neighbor. God tells in the Gospel of Luke a story where there is a place where we can sit at Jesus' feet and be in Christ's presence of love and peace and healing. Mm, That is a home I would like to go to. And God gives us permission not to always do everything on our lists or be overcome with things like Martha, but to sit at Christ's feet and take in Christ's peace and Christ's healing in God's homeland. And in God's homeland, in the Gospel of Luke, we are invited that we do not have to keep our callings and our gifts and our financial resources to ourselves. There's no space for hoarding in the gospel of Luke, but we are to give away what we are called to. We are to give away our gifts. This is the homeland that God wants for each of us. And as we set out To be in that homeland now, we will need the faith of our ancestors. We will need the faith that has gotten us through before. We will need the faith that is present to us now. We have gotten through the Red Sea. And when I went through the Red Sea, Afterwards, I was introduced to a relationship with my father as an ancestor. And I have a new relationship 
with the ancestors who have come before me. As we are called to go to places we have not been before, we will face dragons, we will face our fears, and we will be led to a homeland. Abraham had a tent. Middle Church, we have a rental space, YouTube, Facebook, and a homepage. And together, wherever we are, we are creating sanctuaries in the presence of God. Amen. Everywhere we are. May it be so. Amen, Middle Church. Middle Church. Uh, come at a time in our service where we will celebrate communion. We invite you to the table to gather around as Jesus did with his disciples. All are welcome to pull a seat up to the table, to be together, to rest together, to commune together. For those joining us online, please take this time to grab your elements. It can be the bread on the fridge, or a cracker in your pocket, a donut, a tortilla, gluten-free bread, OJ, wine, coffee, or water, or Diet Pepsi in my case. Join us at the table and let us together remember that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus' body was broken at the hands of empire, exploited, paraded, and used to serve a political purpose, a game of power. Jesus' body continues to be broken at the hands of racism, ableism, sexism, cis-heterosexism, ableism, and the environmental crisis of today. Mm. We are the body breaking with Jesus. This bread reminds us that we are not alone. We are together. Though our bodies may break, in the words of Beyonce, you won't break our souls. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. We drink from the cup in remembrance of the blood that Jesus shed opposing the empire and in remembrance of those whose blood has been shed at the hands of injustice and those who fight for equality. And we drink from this cup to fuel our passion and persistence to
to resist, it gives us strength to resist the imperial forces of today. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whenever you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, remember that you are not alone in your resistance. We are together as one. Resistance is taking time to remember those who have come before you like we talked about in today's sermon, and it's also remembering that we are in this together. We are not alone. Join us in communing. At this time, I invite you to partake in communion with us. If you feel comfortable, you can take your mask down and take it in the sanctuary, or if you would like to, you can hold on to the element and take it after service. But we invite you to commune together. family. My name is Diane, and my pronouns are she and her. And I have been a member of Middle for about 18 years. Yeah, 18 years. And the reason why I stay is, take a look around you. Look to the right and look to the left of you. There are people sitting next to you who are so different. Some are young, some are old, different religions, no religion, <laughs> different ethnicities, different sexual preferences. That's why I stay at middle. Middle is about love. Middle is about social justice. Middle is about action. But middle is where you can grow, expand, experiment, and love. So at this time in our service, I'd like to invite you to become a member of Middle if you're not. All you have to do is go to middlechurch.org and become a member, simple as that. And also at this time is about giving your donations. And I invite you to use the QR code well, it should have been on the screen, but it's in your bulletin. Or go to middlechurch.org slash donate, and you can give that way. Or you could put a few cents in the basket that's going to come across your row if you're in the sanctuary. But you know what I also want to talk to you about is about doing service. Really, I mean, 
I'm going to talk to you about doing service. You know, Christine gave us a wonderful message about using our gifts and talents. We need ushers. We need ushers. And I invite you to become an usher. It's not hard. It's not a commitment for your whole life. It's not an every day, every Sunday commitment. It's not. It's not. Maybe one Sunday a month, one Sunday every other month. And we'll teach you what to do. It's easy. It's easy. But it's a way to become involved in your church. It's a way of doing service. It's a way of stepping up. So middle family, become an usher. Join the hospitality team. It will be a blessing to you. You know, let me tell you something about hospitality. When you came through the door, somebody welcomed you just as you were. If you came in all beat up and beat down, you were welcome. No matter what you had on, no matter how you smelled, <laughs> you was welcome. Become an usher and welcome someone else into the house of God. Thank you. Who'll be a witness for my Lord? Who'll be a witness for my Lord? Who'll be a witness for my Lord? Who will be a witness for my Lord? Nicodemus was a man who desired to know how a man get born when he is old. Christ told Nicodemus as a friend, Man, you must be born again. He said, Marvel not the man if you want to be wise, repent, believe, and be baptized. Then you'll be a witness for my
the ushers will come forward, please. Stand as you are able, please. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this offering today. I ask that you would give us the boldness and the confidence to use it in the cause for justice and freedom and love wherever it is needed in the land. It is in your name that is power and love, we pray. Amen. And if you would remain standing middle as we get ready to close with our hymn. Um, yes, what a beautiful service today. Thank you for being with us and worshiping. I'm going to make a plug, too, because we have a men's choir meeting after worship. If you're interested in singing with us, uh, I'd invite you to stay. Um, we're singing on the 28th of August, 28th of August, so we'd love to have you with us and, uh, and just acknowledge you. And acknowledge Diane. Uh, she has been so faithful in her ministry as an usher. And it just really shows. And, you know, she just, from her heart, that's what you got today. You know, welcoming you, even when you smelled. That was deep. <laughs> that, that got me right here. <laughs> even when you smell, you're still welcome here. Amen! Yes and amen. We might get a shirt. We might get a shirt, I'm just saying. <laughs> Well, we invite y'all to come and have some fun. This is going to be a song that is both a call and response, but at first, we're going to sing together. Some of you might know it. If you do, sing loud. And we're going to groove and have fun. One, two, three, gotta one foot in front of the Yeah. 
chorus of that song, I know you are scared, and I'm scared too, but here I am, right next to you. We have a lot of reasons to be scared right now. And like the ancestors before us, they did too. But we are going to anchor ourselves in our faith. And we are going to anchor ourselves in the faith of our ancestors. And like the generations before us, we are going to answer the call on our lives. And every step and with every breath, God will be in that breath. And God will be in that step opening doors you cannot see, and giving you friends and helpers you have not met yet. Because the call on our lives is to say yes, and yes, and yes again, and to be led to a homeland that is God's vision for our lives right now, Middle Church. May it be so. I... So, love you. Mm.